She is from Jakarta, Indonesia. She rescued six cats and she has a full-time job plus a handmade soap and shampoo bar business that she created at home. Join us today as we talk about being child-free in a developing country, about eco-anxiety, and about how women need to speak up more. Firecrackers, please welcome Vinta. Welcome to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. We live in countries that are so unpredictable, right? Like one day everything's okay, and then the next day it's like, what is going on? Exactly. (laughs) So where exactly are you located in Indonesia? Is it Indonesia, right? Yes, Indonesia. I was born and raised in Jakarta, the capital of Indonesia. Mm -hmm. But after I got married, like a few years back, um, me and my husband, we relocate to this more suburbs area of Jakarta. So it's a bit harder to pronounce Tangerang. But overall, I still uh, say that, you know, I live in Jakarta because it's easier for um, international <laughs> audience to understand. <laughs> it's easier for foreigners to know where you are located, actually, like me. Yeah, 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 true. I've just heard so many good things about your country and also like seeing the pictures, you know, Bali and yeah. it's just absolutely stunning. Um, yeah. But I've always wondered what the culture is like in Indonesia and how similar <laughs> is it to Latin American countries? Um, Indonesia is a very uh, diverse country. So even, um, you know, like I said, most people are very religious here. Like religion is a big thing in Indonesia. But we are uh, mostly a Muslim country. I'm a, I was raised Muslim myself. But there are like five religions that are um, common here. So it's very a diverse country. And I think that's what I like about it because each area in Indonesia has their own characteristics. like. Uh, the food, the culture, uh, the language, um, their everything. Like it's a very diverse country, <laughs> and that's what, I think what I like about it. What I don't like is like mostly the government. Obviously, um, even for traveling, you know, traveling in Indonesia is very interesting for me as a local. I still want to go to a lot of places here. You know, like we have beautiful beaches. And like I said, all the foods are so good. I love it. I really want to go and visit. Like my, my sister was in Thailand last year. Oh, okay. And she wanted to go. And I think she went to Cambodia for like a few days as well. But she, wanted, she wants to go to Indonesia. Um, mm. But now that you mentioned, you said, oh, the government. It's just like, this is like the common thing across developing countries. I guess like I, I'm sure, like, yeah. coming from Colombia and you being in Indonesia. It's like two completely different uh, parts of the world to completely different continents, but it's mm-hmm. just like we have the same kind of issues. But now I'm wondering because yeah. you mentioned five different religions and Muslim. I mean, Islamic mm-hmm. religion is one of the three the biggest, biggest ones, and it is one of the three biggest ones in the world. Yeah. But now I'm wondering what are what are the other four religions that are practiced in Indonesia? 
Okay. Um, the main ones would be Christian, of course. Christian and then uh, Catholic. Um, we have Hindu. So if you go to Bali, most of the people have uh, Hindu religion. And then um, Buddhist. The other one, why am I suddenly... <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> but um, wait. Islam. Oh yeah, it's Islam, uh, Christian, Catholic, Hindu, and Bud- Buddhism, right? Yeah. But I think, yeah, I don't know. Like nowadays, a lot of people are agnostic, <laughs> and it's not a big thing here, though. Like you're not like uh, supposed to go around and say uh, I believe in God, but I don't believe in religion. <laughs> so I think I'm part of that group. <laughs> No, I I completely understand. Well, I come from a very Catholic country, and I think that the thing about religion that I don't like, there's many things about it that I don't like, but the one thing that really, really annoys me is the fact that it permeates so much of society and it permeates so much of politics. But in the end, Mm -hmm. it's like, I understand that you believe in a God. I could get that. And you can, I mean, I completely respect that. But you believing in that God and trying to impose on me your beliefs, yeah. that's yeah. not cool. Yeah, yeah. And the, the reason the I thing. yeah, it is. And the reason I asked you about the religions is because uh, Hinduism and Buddhism and these kind of Far Eastern religions or traditions are usually more like open-minded in a way, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. the other ones, the, the three big ones are not. They're like... You have to do this and you have to live this way and you have to be a good wife and you need to have kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Reproduce. I think that's a big issue. Yes, yeah. that's why I mentioned about religion because it's a big thing I'm dealing with here um, regarding um, what I choose to do, you know, because they're like, no, the religion teaches you to do blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that's the, their argument and you cannot really <laughs> say anything back when they already mentioned that, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but it is based on opinion, right? Yeah. So, but for them, it's like the ultimate truth, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I, I absolutely know <laughs> where you're coming from. I get it. Um, so tell me about your journey, because now that we know that you're living in a place where the religion is actually really important as well, and we know that that's where most of this tradition of, you know, yeah. your family and mm. uh, having children like comes from. How has your journey as a child-free woman in Indonesia been like? It's been, I don't know, it kind of, um, how do I say it? Like, it kind of happened organically for me almost. I think I've always been an independent thinker uh, ever since I was a kid, like if, ever since I was younger. Like um, when, I, when I chose my college degree, I chose the mo- the most anti-mainstream, probably. <laughs> I took biology as a degree because I liked the subject. Initially, I wanted to be a doctor, but I thought, I don't think I want to be in that kind of world. You know, it's so serious and all of that. But then I chose science because I liked the subject. <laughs> and then I think it grew from there. You know, what I like the most about my degree is that I enjoyed the subject. You know, I think that's kind of rare. <laughs> and I kind of feel like, yeah, I gained a lot of uh, things that I uh, wanted to know. And a big thing is, of course, reproduction, right? And human, how human works, uh, our physiology, and even evolutionary biology, like why people become what we are today, some things like that. And I think that's where I realized that, you know, um, having kids or all this 
hormonal changes is, I don't think I want to go through that. You know, it's like something that is scary for me, but I never really thought about it because I was raised as a religious person and in a conservative family. So I always thought, oh, I will eventually want to do it anyway, whatever, you know. But then (laughs) my first job is kind of funny because I always thought that, oh, I think I want to be a teacher, you know, because that would be fun. That would be like, you know, having purpose in my life, like sharing my knowledge to the younger generation. Sounds great. So I taught straight after college. And that's another moment where I realized, do I (laughs) even really want kids? Because First of all, I was very, very tired every day. Um, those kids exhaust me. Oh, I taught middle school, by the way, so they're like already in the cusp of puberty, <laughs> which is probably the worst age. <laughs> I know. Wow. No. Ugh. Oh my god! And I realized, oh my god, why are they so annoying? <laughs> and then uh, the big moment is also when I met the parents. Uh, I felt like a lot of them has issues. Like, obviously, that age is the age of, uh, you know, when issues start to rise, I guess, whatever. And then I met the parents. Like, a lot of them are the result of, not all of them, but <clears throat> some of them are results of ignorant parent, um, you know, issues at home, all of that things. And got me thinking further, do I even want to have this kind of responsibility, you know, like, now knowing all these kids, <laughs> seeing their parents and sort of understanding their backgrounds and all that things. Uh, eventually, I only uh, taught for one year because I couldn't stand the nature of the job. It's just too tiring for me. And then I realized that I wanted to pursue my more uh, creative side. I've always been in between, you know, like, uh, do I want to do the science stuff or the creative side stuff? So I took like a short, what is it, um, program. And I took fashion merchandising program, fashion business, sorry. And after that, I found the best career for me uh, in buying or merchandising because it, it's like a mix of both analytical and still have some creative side in it. It involves people, but not too much. Uh, it, it involves data mostly, and I really like that. So yeah, I'm still in this career until now for almost 10 years now in buying, retail buying, actually. So now I do a footwear category. And I still love my career. So that's why, uh, yeah, I'm kind of going off topic. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I think, should I continue with the <laughs> Well, I mean, no, I mean, all of this is very interesting, but I was thinking, um, Okay, so we're talking about how you your journey to become yeah. child free came about. Um, okay. When you were a teacher, you didn't like that. Were you married uh-huh. at the time, by the way? No, no, no. I was a fresh grad, and I was still in my early twenties, mm-hmm. so I didn't even know myself that time, you know. And then uh, after that first job, I was like, okay, uh, I found a job that I like, right? And then from there, I started to think, yeah, I like working, you know, I finally find a job that I like. And then I think along the way, I also, I have always been a feminist. I don't know why, like I always expect more equality, especially seeing all this inequality, gender inequality happening around me. (laughs) And then um, along the way, I grow close with my now husband. We were casual friends, you know, and I think I was lucky because I got the chance to open up with him uh, early on. Like he knew 
all of my story, like uh, all of my doubts, mostly about not wanting kids. <laughs> and he's very open-minded about it. And he's like, luckily we're on the same pages, like since the beginning. So that's when I told him that, you know, I think having kids is the ultimate inequality that can happen to a woman. And I don't know if I want to go through that. <laughs> like that so well, yeah it's all that thought why would you say that having kids is the ultimate act of inequality gender. towards women uh, okay so like I said all my backgrounds knowing what happened to our body and the fact that being a mom for sure you are more attached and more responsible to the kid right it's impossible I don't know I don't know I cannot even imagine um, you're gonna change like the woman for sure will change. Their priorities will change. It's part of our biology. We have to protect the baby. We are the mother, you know, and it will change the woman a lot more than the man for sure. Like the man still has their lives. They can still leave anytime basically. <laughs> so I don't know. That's yeah. kind of like all my messed up ideas, I guess. <laughs> no, but it's funny because I feel, I kind of feel the same way. And it's only based on the experience and, and what I see in my country, you know, happening in my country as well. There's like this idea that the children are their mothers, basically. Uh -huh. So if their parents uh -huh. split up, the dad walks yeah. away without the children. Mm. This happens in almost every country, I think. Yeah. They give priority to the mother. And also um, what happens here, what I see here is that women can have you no know, children born by different parents, by different fathers, sorry. So they have like, kid number one is one dad, kid number two is another dad, you know, and so mm -hmm. on and so forth. They're the ones who end up taking care of the children, not their father. Yeah. The biological yes, dads kind of like just walk and like stay out of the picture. And that's very common yeah. in our culture. So, I mean, in my culture, I think maybe Indonesia is similar. Yes, of yeah. So it's not that far off, you know, from the idea mm -hmm. that I also have about moms being more responsible about their children also because moms are the ones who cook for the kids. Moms are the ones who take them. I mean, this is like the yeah. traditional gender role. I hope this changes. Mm -hmm. I think it's like there's actually more men out there who are more active as, as dads. But yeah, yeah, I heard I saw my culture. Yes. I think recently, like a lot of younger generation, I mean, our generation, maybe uh, they start to practice that, but still the women still bear you like, uh, sorry, still bear the more responsibility. And um, yeah, I mean, even if you work and you're a mom, you're going to have like even how many more responsibilities on your back. Like it's almost always the women who plans things and all of that things. Right. And then when I mentioned biology, it's like all these hormonal changes in your body. Like when you're doing all this uh, maternal activity, it changes, you know, it's, it's not reversible. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to go through that. I don't think I want to. <laughs> That's very harsh in a woman's body in general. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention, you know, without pregnancy, I feel like even the monthly cycle is already very harsh for women. Like we have to go through all of that hormonal changes monthly. And since teenager, I feel like, oh, why do I have to go through this? Why don't the males have to go through this? It's, it's unfair, you know? And then 
uh, it's because we have to prepare to get pregnant, you know, basically, you know, all of that cycle, right? What if I don't want to get pregnant? <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, <laughs> and then the mood swings, the PMS, it's something that I'm very familiar with. And I cannot imagine if going through a pregnancy would be so scary for me. And what does your family and your husband's family think about the choice that you two Oh, made? they're so against it. <laughs> Okay, so I think, yeah, it's something that I just have to deal with because I have no choice. We had periods of confrontation even. <laughs> and that's what I said. Luckily, we are both on the same page, me and my husband. So when I had to explain something to his part of the family, he would help me. And we would just like, okay, what, would, what should we say now? <laughs> we would discuss and then he would do his part. But then, of course, like being the woman, we get judged more harshly. And even, you know, not only families, people at work, random strangers, you know, they just assume you are a mom, you know. I remember recently I went to a OBGYN and I want to just, you know, do a checkup, right? And this male doctor kept asking me, why don't you try to have a baby before 35? So I'm 34. I'm turning 34 this year. And he said that once I explained to him briefly my reasons why I'm not trying, you know, but basically he kept forcing uh, and asking me, why aren't you trying before you turn 35? He asked that for like, I think three times or more. And on the last time he mentioned that I asked back to him, what's the problem anyway? (laughs) You know, I was like, I was annoyed. I was checking up on something and it resulted in a positive result, like there's nothing, there's no problem. And I just said, well, isn't it more important that I'm healthy, you know? But he he was kind of like surprised when I said back to him, what's the problem? You know, why you keep on asking that? I think he was stunned and sort of like uh, fell silent when I said, does it have anything to do with what I'm checking now? You know, like with my current situation, I'm not asking you that basically, I'm saying him. And he said, no. And so I replied, okay, then I will discuss this first with my husband, sort of just left, you know, because I think, you know, it's just so normal. I heard a lot of episodes from your podcast that it's very normal for women to be treated that way. And not only by society, their families, but even professional, like health professionals, it's very annoying. And I feel like you have to speak up. After that, I wrote a complaint about this doctor to the hospital. And then I said, this doctor was being uh, kind of inappropriate because he kept asking and forcing something that I didn't ask. (laughs) I don't care. Like, I just want to put it out there. And not long after, uh, the hospital called me and they said sorry for the mistreatment that I felt and all of that things. And they would forward this to the doctor. And I said, Good. You're listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. You're right. We need to speak up more. I think think people just... I don't understand why people feel entitled to tell women things like that or ask women, when are you going to have kids? Like, what is... What is it to you? I mean, it's my life, right? Yeah. It's yeah, a I'm private not, discussion like, between me and yeah, my partner. Unless, 
unless I came and said, you know what, doctor, help me. I want to have kids, you know, then he can yeah, but even so, yeah, but even so, I mean, you're talking about, we're talking about medical opinions. Like if you go into OBGYN yes. and say, I want to have kids, what should I do? This doctor will tell you, you need to, I don't know, whatever, whatever it is that they want to recommend you to actually get pregnant. And then of course the actual act of getting pregnant is a very private thing. Doctors don't, yeah. right? But yeah. That's different because it's a medical thing. Whereas mm-hmm. they start asking you, when are you going to have kids? Why haven't you had kids? What is it to you, honestly? Yeah, exactly. And today I was actually reading up on this. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, there's this thing going on. It's, it's gone viral. Um, but a woman who went to the OBGYN, I think she's in the States, and she wanted to get her tubes tied. And the doctor, a female doctor, told her, you need to have written consent signed by your husband. Mm. What? I mean, okay. she, can was she married? Is she married? I think so. But can you oh, imagine okay. if she's not like, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, it's very no, okay. So you have to wait until you get married to get signed consent by your husband. Yeah. Why? Why is it that a man has more mm-hmm. power to decide what happens yep. to my body than myself? Exactly. Is it easy to get your tubes tied in Indonesia? Honestly, I've never heard of it. Uh, I've never known anyone who's done uh, procedures like that. Not yet. That's why I think it's important for us to speak up more. Because uh, only recently I, I become more open. Because it's, it's kind of difficult, right, to find people who are like-minded. Especially here, I feel like. So I think that's why I'm very, uh, you know grateful that I found your podcast, your community, because it's one way to sort of like open up more. And I know this is more like um, not a local scale. I'm thinking about, okay, maybe I should reach out here because there is, uh, I found some podcasts too, like Indonesian podcasts, but it's not like a very common thing at all here. Even like uh, my close friends or the people that I can share and open up to a lot of them are very surprised to know that me and my husband we don't want kids they're like really you're the only person I know who says that you know like it's very uncommon (laughs) and even uh, I have like some other married couples who are who don't have kids but I know like the women the woman is um, having like maybe some medical condition that may not allow them to have kids. So they're just like living their lives. But I know that, oh, something happened. Like maybe they cannot have it. I don't know. Um, so is that, the de- by definition, is probably childless, right? So I don't know. I feel like now the difference between child-free and childless, <laughs> I don't know for me personally, is if you are already like accepting and you're living the best of your lives without kids, for me, that's already child-free. I don't know, because I, what do you think? I mean, the thing about being childless, and I was, t- I was talking to somebody about this the other day, because remember, I mean, women who cannot have children because they are sterile, they have some you know, condition that doesn't allow them to, they could always adopt, they could foster, you know, they could become a step-parent eventually if they really want to be a mother. I'm talking about specifically women, but some of these women don't, you know, it's just that I I feel that they just have um, a very strong urge to become a biological mom, somebody's biological mom. 
I don't know if it has to do with going through the pregnancy or no idea. Everyone has their reasons. Yeah. And I feel that when they decide, they say, okay, I can't have biological children. I don't want to adopt. I don't want to do any of these other options that there are because mothering, there's so many ways to mother, right? Uh, but if yeah. they decide they don't want to do it any other way, then that's when they become, I would call them child-free by circumstance, basically, mm-hmm. more than child-free per se, by, by choice. But yeah, it's a whole different uh, it's a whole different mindset, I guess, because it's tricky. I was talking to somebody the other day about how some of these women are still in the healing phase of just coming and accepting the fact that they are not going to become anyone's biological mom. Mm -hmm. And it's a whole different thing. So I think that uh, I I can't relate at all. Uh, And I respect, of course, this woman's uh, journey. But I think being child-free is more just making the decision from the get-go. Like It doesn't matter if you can or you cannot biologically, physically have children. It's just saying, I don't want them <laughs> either way. Okay. And just embracing yeah, yeah, that, yeah. you know, embracing your child-free life. It's like a series of events for me until I realized that I really, really don't want it. You know, one of the most recent ones uh, is being or having echo anxiety. I think for the past years, our environment has gone so bad. Like if you see the news articles, and it's especially bad in third world countries or developing countries, like because the government don't even care about regulating things to protect the environment. And it's very, um, what is it? Like it caused so much discomfort for me. And I noticed that, you know, all these carbon footprints, plastic footprints, all this, these ways that we cannot avoid by just living, you know, that got me thinking, like, do we even need to create more people? Like, what's the good in it, you know? And I know, like, a lot of people have wishful thinking, my kid will become this and that. And, okay, that's their opinion, right? Like, we all have our opinions. Just, for me, it's even more unnecessary these days. Like, I think it's a bad century (laughs) to procreate. (laughs) I don't know. Let's dig in a little bit deeper into the echo, echo anxiety, was that you called it? Yeah, yeah, it's like an anxiety, but it's triggered by, you know, seeing things around you and knowing that your existence is causing this, you know? Yeah, it gives me an uneasy feeling. And I told my husband about this like a few months back. I told him, I don't know, is this midlife crisis? Or am I just having (laughs) major anxiety right now, you know? So um, after experiencing this feeling, I started to try and reduce my waste. I'm not saying I went zero waste yet because you know a lot of YouTubers out there who live perfect zero waste life. I'm not there yet. But I mean, I try. I try to be more aware (laughs) and to reuse uh, my stuff. And then part of that uh, journey, I think I started my side hustle. I started my small business, which uh, I create soap and shampoo bars. Because at one point, I realized that all of these waste, you know, like it's not being recycled. 
I don't know, let alone first world countries, like <clears throat> they only recycle about uh, below 10% of their waste. I don't even know any recycling <laughs> facilities in this country. And that, that bothers me. <laughs> so I just thought, okay, I will try and do what I can. And anyway, I have extra time. I have um, more disposable income because I don't have kids. I have six rescue cats though, <laughs> because uh, I, yeah, I just, I thought, okay, you know, that moment where people ask you, what would you do if you don't need money? You know, that kind of uh, soul searching question. <laughs> I realized, oh, I want to rescue animals <laughs> if I don't need money, you know. Yeah. But then, yes. So I tried to, okay, I'm just going to try to live my dream, <laughs> like small steps <laughs> and small steps. So I tried, I started to sell my stuff because people liked it. And I tried to, you know, like promote that kind of less waste lifestyle. I like that idea. Um, yeah. I think, I think I have bought like a, shamp- like a, a shampoo a bar. So it's like a soap yeah, bar, yeah. but it's actually a shampoo. I bought it once for a trip. Um, mm-hmm. but it's not a common thing. Like you don't see that very commonly, at least not in Colombia. Yeah. That's why even in Indonesia, like I'm probably one of the first, um, I think there are other few, uh, like small business who do it, who sell it. But yeah, I'm glad that, you know, just being able to share this knowledge that, Hey, you know, you have this other option. <laughs> you don't have to go and buy those bottles and then waste it you don't even know where it goes and then it kills all the marine life (laughs) yeah which is such a shame i mean it's just i understand what you're saying about eco-anxiety i think i felt i felt it not it's not like a constant thing but i do feel it sometimes when i see Uh very polluted places yeah Mm -hmm. and all you can think is is like if this is what we've done so far, can you imagine 100, 150 years down the line if nothing changes? Yeah. It's really daunting to think that right now at this moment, we're all, we are already using more than, more than one world's resources for the people that are actually living today. So yeah. we're going to need like three Earths in like 50 years time to be able to survive if we continue growing at the same rate. Yeah, 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 true. So it's, it's, it is a little the, bit scary. Mm-hmm. And to imagine like all the plastic you've used since you were born, diapers, <laughs> they're still oh, exist yeah. if it doesn't get, you know, like recycled or yeah. something. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, having a kid is the worst thing that you can do in regards to your carbon footprint. So there's a research about it, like what you can do to really just reduce a carbon footprint is by not reproducing. <laughs> and there's a whole discussion about this, actually. Like, of course, a lot of people are against it. Like, they're thinking, why would you go such ex- extreme? Like, yeah. but I mean, yeah, you do, you do what you want to do. I think that if you feel like that's, you know, your best choice, then you should just go for it. Absolutely. I think what's important there is, you know, what you just mentioned is the word choice. I think people need to know that this is a choice, you know, because like you said, when you grow up in a country where there's uh, so much influence uh, on, I mean, religion has a big influence and social norms have a big influence. And Mm -hmm. it's like, 
you're like, I don't even know if I want to do this, but it's like, I'm going to have to, you know, in a way. Yeah. But it's important that yeah. women know that they have a choice. They do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Vinta, it's been such a pleasure having you in my show. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. But before I let you go, is there anything you would like to tell my audience? I think I just want to mention again that, you know, whenever you're, I don't know, as a minority or as someone who have different opinions, you should be able to just speak up. Like you shouldn't be, you know, silenced for it. Yeah. Especially if, uh, for me living in this kind of country, you know, I feel like uh, very even more of a minority, but, you know, find your community. It's, it's really important. I think that's why uh, it's really great what you do. And yeah, hopefully we can spread awareness because uh, there's a strength in community, right? There's feeling of belonging. Like you don't feel alone. You don't feel isolated. You feel stronger. There is power in numbers. Yeah. And I think that we definitely need to strive towards making our community a stronger one. Yeah. For true. sure. Do you have an Instagram for your business? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. It's called uh, Stone Root Essentials. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you want to check it out, uh, it's stone, stoneroot.essentials. Uh, awesome. For my, yeah. Okay. I'm going to post uh, soap and shampoo bars. <laughs> nice. I'm going to post that link down here so my audience can check it out if they're interested in following you on Instagram. Okay. And thank you so much. Uh, no, thank you. Thank you for your time. It's been such a pleasure talking to you, Vinta. Yeah, you too, Isabel. Thank you for listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the Cape community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.